You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills, recording on the eve of the 2021 NFL draft and like many of you looking forward to the draft to find out who the newest members of the Buffalo Bills will be. Here we stand, right? Just uh waiting to see what will happen. You guys might have caught my podcast earlier in the weekend talking about where the draft buzz was. Not a whole lot of rumors out there to be discussed and it was almost on cue shortly thereafter. ESPN's Todd McShay comes out with a draft rumor tied into the Buffalo Bills. And uh, I'm getting this from NewYorkUpstate.com, a recent article from Ryan Talbot, where he transcribed McShay's comments as he was on the Ryan Russillo podcast. McShay said, and I quote the last bit of buzz for you, Travis Etienne is the hottest running back in the class right now in terms of where his draft stock is going to be. I'm told that Buffalo at 30 is talking to teams ahead of the Jets at 23 and Jacksonville at 25 and going ahead of Pittsburgh as well, trying to get in position to get ETN. They think that he's the best back. They want to pair him up, obviously, with Josh Allen and create that backfield. So here I am a couple days ago complaining about the lack of draft buzz, the lack of rumors, the lack of things to talk about. And then you get a bit of this bombshell coming from Todd McShay. Now, if you guys follow me on Twitter at Anthem Marino, um, maybe I've been poking the bear just a little bit with this, knowing that there's some fans that certainly hate the idea of the Buffalo Bills taking a running back in round one and even more so trading up for a running back in round one. But uh, from very early on, right, the thought of adding ETN to the Bills offense has been something that has appealed to me. Um, when you talk about that, and uh, I joke with Bruce Nolan, right, he is not all in on, on getting a running back in the first round. And, you know, it's not a running back, right? I'll tell him it's a, it's an offensive weapon um, as a way to kind of justify that piece. But, you know, we've heard comments that came from Brandon Bean last week in his pro- press conference saying if the team was to do something at running back, um, they would look for that home run hitter. And certainly with 4-4 speed and just not even just the 40, right? Because sometimes it's like what someone can do on a track versus what they can do in a game. ETN has that breakaway speed, right? We've seen it. We've seen the tape, his performance at Clemson, what he has been able to do. And in my mind, it would be an upgrade at running back for the Bills. Um, I certainly have been a fan of Devin Singletary, The same of Zach Moss. I even had a podcast earlier this year saying we may need to have a little bit of patience for guys like that, Uh, included players like Dawson Knox and Cody Ford and Ed Oliver in that, that piece that I did leading up to free agency. 
but here we are right on the eve of the draft. And again, I think there's two different camps. First off, I did a poll on Twitter, like over 1800 people responded. Um, two thirds were against the bills trading up to get ETN, right? And it was a package that would include a future day three pick, number 93, the Bills' third round pick this year, and of course, pick 30 to trade up to like 21 or 22. And would you be in favor on that? It was kind of a two to one margin, right? Two to one against the Bills making that trade up. And, you know, at first I looked at it and I thought to myself, well, you know, do do fans as fans, I shouldn't even say do fans because I'm a fan, right? Do we covet those draft picks a little bit more than we should? And you think back to guys in the past that have been drafted in the third round by the Buffalo Bills. It's not exactly, you know, this like stellar group that comes about. I mean, you can look at the last couple of years and say, okay, Singletary and Moss, certainly too soon uh, with them. I also agree too soon with Dawson Knox, especially as it takes tight ends a little bit of time to to develop. Um, but then the third round picks before them, you know, knowing that I'm going to sit here and say like, oh my gosh, we couldn't move on without these guys over the last 10 years. Um, Harrison Phillips, Adolphus Washington, John Miller, Preston Brown, Marquise Goodwin, TJ Graham, Kelvin Shepard, Alex Carrington. Now, again, these are names that were drafted before the Brandon Bean arrow. Harrison Phillips wasn't, but for the most part, right, guys that were drafted before this regime came in. I guess where I'm going with it is, is just like if there is a player that the Bills want, whether it's a running back, a defensive end, a cornerback, a a linebacker, someone that they see as a difference maker, and if the cost to do that is a third-round pick, I guess I would be okay with it is what I'm trying to say. And not just to look at a laundry list of past third-round picks that haven't really hit, but it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to hold that out as like, someone being drafted by the Bills at pick 93, truly being that difference maker and this team getting to the Super Bowl. You know, would I like to be able to get the player that you want without having to give up pick 93? Of course, right? That could be a, you know, an interior offensive lineman, a one-tech defensive tackle, um, maybe a, a nickel cornerback, right, in case Teron Johnson doesn't re-sign. I mean, there, there's certainly pieces that that you can invest a third-round pick in. But if the team has their eyes set on someone and they can make that move and get to 21 or 22, I'm okay with it. But I know for many, right, when you talk about a running back, that's a little bit more of a trigger than anything else. Um, Some will say, like, it's just do not draft a running back in round one. Um, I do not fall into that category. You know, for me, and if you guys listen to the pod, you've seen my Mocking the Bills series, things that I've done in the past – you know I'm okay with drafting a running back in the first round. Now, not if you're picking number nine overall. That's not something that I would um, recommend at all. But if you're picking 30 or you want to do some sort of a minor trade-up to to be able to draft a running back near the end of the first round, I can be okay with that if you are a Super Bowl contender and you feel like that's the piece you know, the one piece that you are away and there's someone that's truly a difference maker. Of course, then I would want to see the team make sure they do something at cornerback two in the second round, 
or with maybe an additional free agent that's out there, someone like a Steven Nelson or a Richard Sherman, to address the the need for an upgrade on the roster that is there. Um, defensive end, right? It's it's a, something that I look and say, okay, the team needs to do something there as well. Again, some free agents are out there. Maybe someone like a Melvin Ingram, right, that the Buffalo Bills can look at and say, listen, yeah, he's a vet, but on a one-year deal, he can give us some juice on third downs. That would be fantastic. Or if they don't have to trade that third-round pick, you know, they can address defensive end, someone that's a bit more of a developmental prospect as Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are in the last year of their deal. Um, I certainly feel like it sometimes I flip-flop very early on. I was uh, I, I was on the running back train, Etienne or Najee Harris at number 30. And I tried to be a little bit more realistic with things, thinking that a defensive end would make more sense, right? Building for the future. Um, don't tell Bruce Nolan this, but I could even be talked into a cornerback. But you'd always kind of get sucked back in, right, to looking at the running backs every single time. And Joe Miller called me on it early on, on the Overreaction podcast. And I was just, you know, watching on YouTube one night in the chat and saying like, yeah, I think I'm okay, like, you know, moving away from the running back piece. And he called me out. He was like, listen, man, you can say that now. But if the Bills are on the clock and Travis Etienne is there and they don't take him, you're probably going to freak out. And it's like, you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. The thing is that I'm trying to wrap my head around is how this rumor even comes out. Because, you know, Brandon Bean is not one to to really put things out there. No combine this year, no visits. So it's not like something of, oh my gosh, we saw Travis Etienne at, at uh, you know, at one Bills drive or in the Buffalo airport or, you know, at Duff's on Sheridan or any of those rumors that are out there when someone is making a visit into town. Um, so how did this get out there? Is it something, you know, that was intentionally leaked, uh, especially when you talk about teams like the Jets, like the Jaguars, like the Steelers, right? That if you're going to get the running back that you want, you've got to do it at one of these picks, right? 23, 24, or 25, which, oh, by the way, happened to fall before the Bills pick at 30. And if running backs, you know, if it's a smokescreen and the Bills are not looking to take a running back, well, them going off the board at 23, 24, or 25, especially with, you know, Jacksonville and the Jets having very early picks on day two, right? 33 and 34, that you can't wait to to that spot because it looks like the Bills will take that running back. And then maybe somebody else falls to Buffalo, maybe an Aziz Ojolari or Greg Newsom, or maybe in this scenario, it's Jeremiah Wusakoromoa. Take your pick, right? And when you're picking at 30, it's like a it's like a dart shoot right now. We've all got our favorites. If I go through the list, I can look at things and think like there's there's like 20 guys that I can look at and say, hey, if the Bills took one of these five cornerbacks, I'd probably be good. Or one of these four defensive ends, um, yeah, I'd be good with them taking one of the two running backs and Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. Um, and that doesn't even get to some of the offensive linemen that could be available or even wide receivers if they wanted to add a weapon in that case. But how did that rumor get out there? Who was it that started this piece? And not just how did it get out there, or more so maybe it's the question of why it got out there. Um, 
you know, putting my conspiracy theory hat on before. It's like maybe the Bills put things out there with ETN, but maybe Najee Harris is really the running back that they have their eyes on. Um, I have nothing to to know. I got no sources, any of those types of things. I just look at Harris as that bruising back, right, as an upgrade over Zach Moss. And certainly Brandon Bean and the Bills wanted Zach Moss last year. They tried to trade up for him. He actually fell to the Bills in the third round. So everything there worked out. But, you know, you wanted that bruising back. And Moss didn't really prove to be that guy. Decent in pass protection, not bad out of the backfield. Um, The great series of runs right down the stretch to seal the game, the seven-minute drive that really ended thing against the Pittsburgh Steelers during the regular season. But it's like, you know, can Moss be that guy versus someone like Najee Harris, where it's more like, yeah, this is the type, you know, if you're up two scores in the fourth quarter, you know we're going to run the ball and there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop this guy. Now, again, there were problems on the offensive line last year. There were problems with the scheme. There are some things that need to be done differently. But for me, it's also, um, I don't want to see Josh Allen running the ball more than he needs to. I just don't need to see him taking those hits like he did last season. And, uh, you know, whether they look at someone like Travis Etienne, more of that home run threat, again, a guy that can catch out of the backfield. Najee Harris can catch out of the backfield too. And I think people tend to forget about that just a little bit um, because of his size. But 43 catches during the 2020 season. and the man can move. He doesn't have that type of breakaway speed, but he certainly has more breakaway speed than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary do. So I find myself in a little bit of a conundrum, right? If the Bills decide to go for either one of these running backs, I'm good. Now, initially, I didn't think Najee Harris would be available at 30. Kind of attached myself to Travis Etienne, and I was cool with that. If you do talk about trading up, though, I will be curious to see, is Etienne really the guys that the Bills have their eye on? Or is it Najee Harris? And we'll find out on Thursday night if the Bills go running back or if they go in another direction. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do my last mock draft with the mock draft machine from the draftnetwork.com. After this, um, before I kind of like tuck it away and put it in the back of a closet someplace until next draft season comes about, hang tight. I'll be back with you in just a sec here on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to this episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, wrapping things up as we get started leading in to the NFL draft. So here we find ourselves, as I teased before the break, let's go through the mock draft machine one more time. Uh, I know some of you guys enjoy this. You you do it yourselves. I always love when you hit me up on Twitter with your different mock drafts. Um, I am using the draftnetwork.com, their mock draft machine. 
Um, although I am a premium member, I'm not doing trades for this mock draft. I figure in this scenario, just running through it one last time before. For me, let's just go straight up with the picks that the Buffalo Bills have and see what makes the most sense here. Coming off the board, the few picks before the Bills, just to give you an idea who is gone. Najee Harris did go at number 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I was curious to see if he would fall. Uh, Caleb Farley, he actually went 26 to Virginia Tech. Many of you uh, fans of drafting a cornerback, Aziz Ojolari, an edge rusher, many of us have been talking about going 27 to the Ravens. And it was Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Uh, our good friend Joe Marino from Locked On Bills has certainly been a fan of him as an option going to Buffalo. And Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, going at number 29 to the Green Bay Packers. For the Buffalo Bills, top guys available on the board. Zaven Collins at number 26, the linebacker from Tulsa. Joe Tryon, the top edge defender out of Washington, also available. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I cannot believe that he has fallen to 30 in this mock draft, but that is going to make this decision somewhat tough. Number 33, Travis Etienne, the running back who we talked about before the break. And then a couple of popular names after that, Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia. Uh, that is the top-rated cornerback. If you are a fan of getting someone to play the position uh, out of the draft, Jason Owe, the edge defender from Penn State. For me, if I'm going with an edge, that is the guy that I want to grab as far as uh, being a toolsy player with the right traits uh, that you would look to. And then finally, Landon Dickerson, the interior offensive lineman from Alabama. For me right now, it comes down to Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa and Travis ATN here. Um, I have certainly been on the ATN train, to say the least. But when you look at Owusu-Koromoa, that is a guy that could be an eventual replacement for someone like Teron Johnson. Um, he can play that slot position. He can be a third linebacker. He could be a third safety. Um, I was not expecting to see him here. But I think as we look at this, that is a bit of a luxury pick, just as running back is. Um, I'm okay with what the Bills have at edge right now. And looking at someone like Tryon, he is more of a 3-4 outside linebacker for me. Um, Jason Owe, I really do like. And I, oh gosh, even when I did mocking the Bills this past week, that was the guy that um, that I was kind of looking at when it came to the edge defenders for the Bills to take. But I am at this point early on, Travis Etienne was the guy I thought the Bills could add and make the offense just that much more potent, and I'm going to go with him at the pick for number 30 for the Buffalo Bills. Um, now we get to pick 61, right, as things move forward here. Really the question becomes, are you going to address something at edge? Are you going to address something at cornerback? Who are the guys that are there, and what might you look to do? The top player available, Joseph Osai, the edge from Texas. Um, some people see him more as a 3-4, but this past 2020 season out of Texas, he was in a 4-3. He's more in that build of someone like Jerry Hughes, 6-3, um, 249, 250 pounds. That is a guy that I certainly like. Um, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn State, is available. So is Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. I'm more team Dawson Knox. I've talked to you guys about that in the past. Um, so I don't think I'm looking tight end in this situation. If I want to go with cornerback, the top-rated guys available, Elijah Molden, 
more of a slot cornerback from Washington is certainly there. Someone to consider. So is Afiatu Malafanu, the cornerback from Syracuse. Um, I have certainly been a fan in that scenario. In this situation, though, I'm going to go with Joseph Osai. I think when you talk about the edge, he could be a little bit of that developmental prospect. Again, have him be the bookend with A.J. Epinesa going into the future for the Buffalo Bills to be able to get someone with his athleticism, his potential at pick 61. Kind of falls right. He's a little bit of a – there were projects that you were looking at as potential with pick 30. So I'm going to go with Joseph Osai here at pick 61. Now we head into round three. Again, not looking to do any trade up before. Got Travis Etienne at pick number 30. So what am I going to do in the third round? Certainly, guys, flying off the board that I have looked at and I have liked. Hampson Nasraldeen goes at number 84 to the Eagles. Someone I've always had my eye on. But who is available when it comes to the cornerback position? Um, not that you want to have some sort of a reach, but you've got Elijah Griffin, the cornerback from USC, is on the board. So is Trill Williams from Syracuse. He does give some flexibility if the team were to look at things and say, we want to address this position and we want to make an impact. Um, maybe someone that could play in the slot or could play on the outside, a little bit of a developmental prospect. If you want to talk about some guys along the offensive line, Stone Forsythe, a fast riser from Florida is available on the board, as is Trey Smith, the interior offensive lineman from Tennessee, whose draft stock has taken a bit of a hit over the last month or so. Um, certainly some other edge rushers out there when you talk about guys. Janarius Robinson is available from Florida State. If we did not go with an edge in the second round, that is someone I would be high on. But I think as I am going to make a pick here, it is going to be Aleem McNeil. I have been high on his draft stock for a period of time as he comes from NC State, a guy that can play one technique for the Bills, not just a run stuffer, provides a little bit of pop in the passing game. I do like McNeil. Um, I did a podcast earlier thinking that defensive tackle is a bit more of a sneaky need for the Bills. Let's not avoid this as something that's an area of need. So yes, it would have been nice to get a cornerback there, just didn't love the options, felt like Trill Williams might have been a bit of a reach, and we'll look to see who is available at cornerback as the Bills have two fifth-round picks. Now, I'll also be surprised if the Bills sit on both of these fifth-round picks. For the sake of this exercise, I'm going to go through and see who falls. But in many scenarios, I'm looking at the Bills saying, you know, do they package these together to get into the fourth round? Is it something that they will do? We'll find out, right, come this weekend with the draft. Here at pick 161, I already know who the pick is that I'm going to take. It is Ambry Thomas, the cornerback from Michigan. Um again, right? Like he, you didn't get to see him play in 2020. That was unfortunate, but from an athletic standpoint, 6 foot, 189 pounds, um you know, it's a little bit of a gamble, but someone that has a high upside that you can say from an athleticism standpoint, Certainly would be an upgrade over Levi Wallace, but does not need to come in and be the starter at day one. Levi can start the season off as Thomas develops, and let's see what he does. So an easy pick for me to take him in the fifth round. I like it, and the Bills coming up again at pick 174 in this final mock draft for me this season. As you look at the availability and guys that are there, there are certainly some cornerbacks that are still on the board, having just addressed that. There's some 
edge rushers, Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh available, Chauncey Golston from Iowa, Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State, looking at things and say, do you want to um, maybe kind of extend yourself a little bit here and, uh, you know, adding more depth at edge. But I think there's an opportunity really to add someone when it comes to uh, another offensive weapon, someone that would, you know, really be a fit. Um, We know that the Bills and Brandon Bean and Nate and the guys on Circling the Wagons had talked about it before, made multiple trips to Auburn this year. Um, Maybe Anthony Schwartz was that guy. And I know our Bruce Nolan had him in his mock draft. Um, I did not see as much of Schwartz as Bruce did, but certainly someone that he sold me on. If the Bills are going to add an offensive weapon that really brings that speed to the team, Schwartz can be the guy with the fifth round pick, and I will take him at 174 for the Bills. So you've got two selections left, right? To recap real quick, at number 30 for the Bills, it was Travis Etienne. Number 61, Joseph Osai, the edge from Texas. Aleem McNeil, the defensive tackle from NC State at 93. Ambry Thomas, the cornerback from Michigan in the fifth round at 161. And then it was Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver from Auburn at pick 174. Here we come now, Buffalo sitting at pick 213 in the sixth round. For me, this is a little bit more of a crapshoot, but my guy is sitting there on the board. Jalen Darden, the wide receiver from North Texas, um, certainly someone that I look that can provide competition in the return game. Andre Roberts no longer with the Buffalo Bills. An easy pick for me, a guy that I've watched enough at, and you, you look at some of those guys that bring that potential and have that impact in the return game. I will go with Jalen Darden as we come up now to pick 236, the Buffalo Bills' final pick in the 2021 mock draft. I'm getting a little emotional here. My final mock draft of the season. As you take a look, a lot of edge rushers, a lot of cornerbacks. Um, One guy that I think is certainly worth taking a look at is the cornerback, Tay Gowan from UCF. The guys at PFF are certainly higher on Tay Gowan than the guys at the Draft Network. He is available in the seventh round. As I look at this and thinking to myself, okay, maybe things don't work out with Ambry Thomas. Maybe we need to look at some options in the slot and really see what can happen here. Tay Gowan, I think if you are taking a flyer on a cornerback late in the draft on day three, that is the guy that I will go with to wrap things up for this year. So listen. Leading up to the draft, it has been a pleasure to spend so much time with all of you guys. I always appreciate you tuning in, listening to what we're putting down here with buffalorumblings.com. I will be doing a recap after each selection, I hope after each selection, uh, throughout the 2021 NFL draft. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, We've got all hands on deck to bring you great content, uh, not just on the podcast network, but also at youtube.com backslash Rumblings. Make sure you go on there because we have had great guests with Jay Spence, the King. Uh, He had Jim Monos, the former director of personnel for the Buffalo Bills, CJ Spiller on with him and just the hits keep coming on our YouTube channel. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Listen, I got to get out of here now. I got to do some more draft prep to get ready. Uh, I will talk to you guys soon, obviously after the first round pick for the Bills on Thursday night. Appreciate you tuning in. And as always, go Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot. 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.